You are listening to the teaching podcast of Praise Community Church in Mason City, Iowa. For more information about our church, please visit praisecc.org. What we talk about today is on, is on the book of Daniel. And a couple weeks ago, I was reading through Daniel, and I was just reading through some of the prophets, uh, just trying to familiar, familiarize myself more with them. And then last weekend, I went on a middle school trip uh, and took some middle school kids from here, and we went down, and, and the, the main speaker, the first person he, he talked about was Daniel. And so I just, I had my phone with me, so I just got out my phone, and I started adding to, to my own sermon notes that I had compiled. And the, the one thing he was teaching the kids, junior high kids, was wisdom, godly wisdom. He says in this world, there's you can follow after folly, or you can follow after wisdom. And what kind of wisdom are we following after? And so, if you look through the book of Daniel, and you just go home today, and you read the book of Daniel, or whatever in your time, you'll just see a wise man. And it wasn't because he was any different than anybody else. He was a human like everybody else, but he chose to follow after God, and be steadfast, and be determined, and not waver. And the key word to me that you're going to maybe hear from me and maybe you're going to pick up is he didn't compromise. There's people here today, you're in a situation, you're in a circumstance, maybe you just came out of a situation, a circumstance, and the only reason you were there is because you decided to compromise on something. You knew this to be true, but you felt this might be easier, this might be better, this felt good at the time, and you compromised on a situation. And that's where if you look at our life, it's about staying and standing firm with God, believing that God is God, believing that his word is true, and if so, that shouldn't shake us, shouldn't waver us, we shouldn't compromise. And so as we look through the book of Daniel, um, and if you want to take notes, there's a small area to take notes in your bulletin. I don't have any notes for you today, I'm just going to preach, so if you have your Bible today, you can follow along in the book of Daniel. Um, The first six chapters of Daniel is what I'm going to concentrate on. And those talk about uh, Daniel being tested, being put on trial almost for certain things. And the second half of, of Daniel, well, I'll, I'll preach on that another time. But this is what I want to talk about today. And if you know anything about uh, how the book of Daniel sets up, um, it was, he starts out in, in, in Jerusalem, if you read the very first chapter of, of, uh, of Daniel. And, and, and King Nebuchadnezzar comes there and he, and he takes these people from, from Jerusalem. He comes and he takes, over, he, he takes over the land and he says, I want some of the best, I want some of the youngest, I want some of the brightest, I want some of the knowledge, I want some that are good looking. He goes, I want the cream of the crop of these people and I'm going to take them back to Babylon and I'm going to teach them my ways. He's basically going to say, I'm going to take these good guys, I'm going to make them conform to what we believe and I'm going to make them little Babylonians. That's his plan. And so he didn't realize what he's getting into when he takes Daniel and a couple of these other guys. And so what happens is, as they go back to, as they go back into Babylon, which is 900 miles away, Babylon from Jerusalem. They're a long way from home. And Daniel's a young guy, and we know some guys that are with him, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. I'll get to their real names here in a minute. So those are the four main characters you see in the first part of Daniel. And there's no compromise in them. 
Just think about that. Just think and sit here for a second. And if you've never, if you never had any compromise in your life, you might not be the person you are today, but you might have missed out on some of the heartaches. There's someone here today right now I'm just speaking to that you've been thinking all week about doing something. You're, you're thinking about compromising right now. You know, and God's here to tell you, don't do it. I got a better plan. As you'll see from Daniel, he had a chance to fit in. He had a chance to be promoted in an ungodly way, and he chose to do it God's way. So as we get into the book of Daniel here, it says this, and I'm going to read from some of it. But the key words I want you to think of here as well, I'm talking about this, is obedience, consistency, not compromising, character, unwavering, standing, no matter what. Stand firm. I like the scriptures that always say, but God, and then, and then he gives us something. Just think about that. Yeah, you say all this stuff, and I'm supposed to do all this stuff, but God, dot, dot, dot. Just Google that. Do a word search in, the, the, in, your, in your Bible sometime about but God, and list of all the things that we are, that's thrown at people in the Bible, thrown at your life today, but God. Pastor Jeff, I'll never forget that about his sermon, he, he talked about getting our butt out of the way. I think there was a video you played at one time. It's because, it was a big butt? Big butt. And it's so true. We have a butt. My dad used to say butt, butt, butt to me. Because I always say, but dad. I was trying to make an excuse. But in the Bible, he's not giving you an excuse when it says but God. He's giving you a way out. He's showing you people that said, but God says this. And so when Daniel's taken into captivity, they take him into, into Babylon, and they're given the opportunity to eat all the great food of the king. They're told they're, they should drink all the wine from the king, and then when they do all these things, after three years of training, they'll raise them up and they'll be part of his court, basically. And so Daniel says, yeah, I don't know about that. And you've got to remember what Daniel's name means. Daniel's name meant God is my judge. Hananiah was another one of the guys there. The Lord shows grace. Michelle, who is like God, and the Lord, and Azariah, the Lord helps. So we go on to say they change their name to Belteshazzar. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. All names that were showing favor to another god. Like Daniel's name meant that he was protected by Bel, which was a god that they created. God is my judge, protected by Bel. I know Daniel probably didn't call himself Belteshazzar all the time. He probably called himself Daniel. Just like Abraham, Abraham was changed to Abraham. You know, identity is important, right? As you step out of here today and you go into the world, people are going to tell you, well, your God doesn't work here at school. Your God doesn't work here at this. You know, you have to fit in. You have to conform. And Daniel's like, hey, I don't know about that. I'm pretty sure that what God told me and what I believe God to be, I'm going to stand on. And here's the thing. In, in Daniel 1.8 is probably one of the, the greatest scriptures that just hit me right between the eyes. It says, but Daniel purposed in his heart, and I underline that, that he would not defile himself. He was set before he even went to Babylon, and he was purposed in his heart how he was going to live his life. So when they came at him with something that he didn't want to do, that he felt like was defiling his God, he'd already purposed in his heart. It had already been settled in his heart. So here's the thing. If you're dealing with something today, it's because maybe you haven't purposed in your heart that you're not going to do it God's way. But the great thing about Father God is he is a forgiving, loving God, mighty God, a merciful God, all-powerful God. 
And he's giving you the opportunity today to start fresh, to purpose in your heart that I'm not going to do it any other way. I'm not going to defile myself in any other way. And you can look at defiling yourself in whatever you want, whatever way. It's just not about drugs, sex, and rock and roll. You know, that's just not, you just don't defile yourself in those things. We make decisions all day long that are go against what God says, or we can make decisions all day long that we're showing that we're standing firm with God. So Daniel says, it said that Daniel purposed in his heart that he would not defile him. So what happens is the first thing the king does, he tries to change their identity, right? This is who you are. Your God has no meeting in this land. And the first thing I'm going to do is I'm going to put you on the king's diet so you fit in just like everybody else. And Daniel says, you know, there's got to be a better way. So he says, to, he says to the steward there, he says, here's the deal. How about you just let me do my diet and you let those guys do their diet then after 10 days, we'll see who looks better. And the guy's like, okay. He let him do it. And to me, it's like, this is Daniel's first potential death sentence of the book of Daniel. In the first six chapters, I wrote on, in my margin, there was five death sentences that were given to the people then. And as you read through it, you'll get what I'm saying. So basically, if you didn't do what the king said, his decree, his orders, you could be put to death. So basically, Daniel, on this little issue of his diet, is stepping out in faith and potentially can be killed. So there's a death sentence right now. So he's telling the guy, I'll eat my vegetables. They can eat their things. After 10 days, who looks better? And he says, and if I don't look any better, you can do with me what you will. Well, we know what that means. You can get rid of me. And so after 10 days, it's amazing because what happens to these guys? They're not only fitter. I like what it says in my book, they were fatter in the flesh. They put on weight. They looked good. And so what happens is steward sees this, and he takes away all the king's stuff, and he gives them what they want. So there's the first time that Daniel didn't compromise. Doesn't seem like that big a deal, right? Eh, I'm in Babylon. Who's going to know back home? If I just fit in, you know, it's okay. But he had purposed in his heart that he was going to do what God had planned for him to do. And he purposed to do it in a foreign land. See, today, you and me, when we leave this church and we go somewhere else, this is like our, our, our home here. This is our Judah. This is our Israel. Ah, oh, it's great. We can raise our hands. We can tell everybody how much we love God. And we can show it. But then we got to go out into Babylon the rest of the week. we got to go out into the world where people are telling us, hey, you don't fit in. You know, this is what... Your God says this, but this is the facts. This is reality. And you have to make that stand. Hmm, really? God's got me this far. I'm going to stand with God. You have to make a choice. And so when you look at Daniel, it's no different than our life. You know, I go to the party or I go to this stuff, and you just you don't want to offend anybody, so you just fit in, and you do what everyone else is doing. Been there, done that. It's stupid. It's annoying. It's tiresome. And it just brings you back to the bottom again, once again. When we compromise, it's the worst. It's terrible. And so what Daniel's trying to tell us is, there's a better way. Just stand firm and don't compromise. And so as we go forward in there, we see how, his, how God, as I've said this before, takes Daniel's natural ability, because he was one of the best. He was picked out because he was one of the best. But God takes his super... And puts it on Daniel's natural, and he stands out. 
and he sets the tone. And this little thing right here, see, if you're faithful in the little things, the big things aren't going to seem so big. If you're consistent all the time, the big things aren't going to seem so big. So Daniel, consistent in this small area, maybe which we think, because we're going to look and see there's some things that happened to Daniel and his, and his buddies that are way bigger than just eating vegetables. But he's setting the tone. And people are noticing. And it just starts escalating. And then what you see in, this, in, the, in the last half of Daniel, the latitude that Daniel's given, whoa, it's all because he decided, I'm going to stick with my diet. I'm going to stick with God. I'm not going to defile myself. And from that little decision, it just starts ramping up. Is anyone in there? Can you just, I, mean, I could probably have testimonies of people come up and said, I just, I just gave a dollar for a week at church. And God blessed me. And then I gave $2. And then it was $20. And pretty soon, it was crazy. I, was, I checked my checkbook and I was, I was given twice as much as I'd ever given in my life. Just things like that. You know, just start in the little things. In, in your prayer life. If you don't have a prayer life, just start. Just get a prayer book and for five minutes say, you know what, God, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start with five minutes of prayer today. And you realize it'll be 10 minutes before you know it. And then you start reading the book of Daniel, and you're like, oh my gosh, I gotta put this down, I gotta go to bed. But no, you can't. You know, things like that'll happen. Just give them your time. Compromise in our time is what gets us in trouble. You know? I'm gonna go home and watch the Super Bowl today, and it's gonna be like a nine hour game. There's a nine hour window of time I'm never gonna get back in my life. You know? And hopefully it's not a blowout because at the end of the blowout, I'm going to look at Cassie and go, that was a waste of time. You know? So seriously, I mean, not that it's bad. I'm going to watch it. But it's like we do this thing all the time. It's like you look at your watch. It's like, man, it's 11 o'clock already. What did I accomplish today? You know, sometimes it's good just to lay on the couch and take a nap. I get it. But for me, when I compromise my time with God, it just starts spiraling. And pretty soon you're like, gee, how did I get here? Why am I in such a funk? Oh, yeah. Because I haven't spent time with you. My bad, you know? That's, and so you just have to get back to it. And that's what, if you look what Daniel did, he spent time with the Lord, and we'll see that later here. And so as we move forward in the, in the book of Daniel, we can see that Nebuchadnezzar has a dream, and he's rattled by it. It's bugging him. And he, he wants to know the interpretation. But before that, I wanna, actually, I want to I read from Jeremiah 29, first of all. So if you have your Bible, Jeremiah 29 says this. And how many people are familiar with Jeremiah 29, 11? Well, I know the plans you have for me, says Lord. Plans for a future and hope and not bad. That's a great. I claim that. But you read the whole chapter 29? I read that the other day after reading Daniel for a couple days. I was like, uh-huh, amazing. You realize that Jeremiah got a word from God, a prophetic word, wrote it on some paper, and sent it into Babylon to the captives. That changes Daniel's whole situation. Think about that. He had a word from God. Thus saith the Lord from the prophet Jeremiah, and it goes into captivity. And they read this word to the people who are in captivity. And the word says this. He says, Thus says the Lord of the hosts of Israel to all who were carried away. I mean, on, on verse 4. Who ha- this is God speaking. Who I have caused to be carried away from Jerusalem to Babylon. Build houses, dwell in them, plant gardens, eat their fruit, take wives, have sons and daughters, take wives to your sons, give your daughters to husbands, so that you may bear sons and daughters. 
that you may be increased there, not diminished, and seek the peace of the city where I have caused you to be carried away, and pray the Lord for it. For in its peace, you will have peace. Saying, don't buck the system. Don't rebel. You pray for that city. You pray for your enemies. You pray for the people who try to persecute you. Watch things turn around. For thus says the Lord hosts, the God of Israel, do not let your prophets, this is the key part, do not let your prophets or your diviners who are in your midst deceive you. And don't listen to their dreams, which you may which you which you cause to be dreamed. For they prophesy falsely to you in my name, and I have not sent them. For thus says the Lord, after 70 years are completed at Babylon, I will visit you and perform my good word and cause you to return to this place. For I know the thoughts I think toward you, says the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you future and hope. There it is in context. So there's Daniel sitting there going, Got 70 years here. What do I do? Well, let me see. What does the word of God says? It says, pray for your city. Be peaceful. Don't listen to the people who are trying to change you. Don't listen to the, the soothsayers and the astrologers and all those people who are, they're trying to train you up in. And if you read from there, if you just get that picture, and if you read what it says in Isaiah 57, or excuse me, Isaiah 55, 11, because this is just another word that goes back. It's Isaiah 55, 11. He says, Show shall my word that goes forth from my mouth. It shall not return void to me, but it shall accomplish what I please, and it shall prosper in the thing for which I sent it. Daniel's in a thing. He's in a big thing. But he's got a word from Jeremiah, He's got the word from the prophet Isaiah that says, God's word will not return void. So Jeremiah's word to him says what? Stay there. Prosper there. Don't get sucked into their culture, and I will reward you. I will come get you and bring you home. So Jeremiah's, or Daniel's got to be like, all right. Because why? Because he believes in God. And he stood on his word. What a message. I believe God's word, and I read God's word, and I'm sure many of you do too. But all of a sudden we get ourselves in a situation, pretty soon we're like, God's word's over here. How am I going to figure this out? This is terrible. This is terrible. Uh, there's no way out. I heard someone say, well, all we got left to do now is pray. And I laughed one time, and I thought, well, that should be the first thing we do. Okay? But after you totally mess up and forget God... Okay, then go back to prayer too. It's good. You can bookend it. Don't give up your prayer life. Be praying. But sometimes if you decide that God's not working right now and you want to go over here and try to figure it out all on your own and you really get yourself in a mess, then go back to prayer. God's like, it's okay. I was here. I was still here when you were doing all this junk and you forgot about me. And look, you came back to me and I'm here again. The one thing about Daniel was, it just seemed to me that he was always here. Now, Jesus was the only perfect one, right? The perfect lamb? <laughs> Daniel was pretty close. I don't know, if you're raking people in my hierarchy of people, it's like, Jesus, Daniel, Jim Hermanson. <laughs> Our Pastor Jeff, sorry, Jim Hermanson. <laughs> But you look at Daniel, I'm like, is there anything wrong with this dude? 
I can't, I'm like looking through, there's got to be something wrong with this guy. He's going to blow it here somewhere, because everyone blows it in the Bible. Pastor Jeff's talking about, in Hebrews, the hall of faith, and all they ever do is mention the good things that people do, but you want to look back, most people blew it. But you look at Daniel, it's like, he didn't blow it. He just stood his ground. And he had death sentence after death sentence after death sentence placed upon him because he stood for God. So when he gets this dream here that, that, that the king tells to his soothsayers, the, and Daniel's not one of them, he says, I have a dream, it's bad, I need some help. And the soothsayers, the natural guys who aren't, aren't godly people say, well, here's what I want you to do. Tell us the dream, and we'll give you the interpretation. And Nebuchadnezzar says, I'm going to cut you to pieces. It's not going to work. He says, I have a dream. It's bad. I need the interpretation. And once again, these guys say to him, hey, but if you tell us a dream, we'll give you the interpretation. And the king says, no, because you'll just make something up. And because of your disrespect and, and because you're not doing your job, all of you are dead. I put a death sentence on every single one of you. And that included Daniel and his buddies because they were in that line of work. They were in that field with those guys. And so as we go forward here, Daniel hears this. And what does Daniel do? He knows he's lumped in in the death sentence. So what does Daniel do? He went to his house. And he made the decision known to his three buddies, Hananiah, Mishael, Ezariah, Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego is how we see him more in the Bible. And you know what he does? He calls on his three buddies, his prayer warriors, the guys who stand in the gap with him. He doesn't go to the naysayers. He doesn't freak out. He doesn't go to the king and say, I had nothing to do with it. He goes into prayer. And he says to these guys, I love this in verse 18, this is a, uh, I must be on 2.18, right? Yeah. That he says to, these, to, to his three buddies that they might seek mercies from the God of heaven concerning the secret so that Daniel and his companions might not perish with the rest of the wise men. And then the secret was revealed to him in a dream. So he says, you know what? Let's pray about this. You guys pray. I'll pray. Because God is faithful. Goes to bed, gets a dream. Aha, I got the answer. Boom. Wouldn't that be so great, Dave, if every time you said, God, I need an answer, and you went to bed and God just answered it, boom, and he woke up, it's like, yeehaw, right? It happens. It happens all the time. Most of the times, we just ignore God. But Daniel said, this is what I need from you three, so go pray. I'm getting an answer from God about this, because I'm not dying with the rest of these people, because you know what? We're God's chosen people. We are his people here. And Daniel answered and said this after he got the dream. Blessed be the name of the Lord our God forever and ever. For wisdom and might are his. And he's blessing God right now. He removes kings and he raises up kings. He gives wisdom to the wise. That's godly wisdom. He says that knowledge to those who have understanding. He's talking about godly understanding. If, you under, if you're in a relationship with God, he's going to give you new understanding. He reveals deep and secret things. He gives them revelation. Ephesians 1, 17. Father God, that you'd give me a spirit of wisdom and revelation. 
He knows what is in the darkness. He knows what's there. But light dwells with him. He's given a revelation, a supernatural thing. And he says in verse 23, 23, I thank you and I praise you, O God of my fathers. You have given me wisdom and might and now have made known to me what we asked you. For you have made known to us the king's demand. Here's a man with a death sentence hung around his neck. Think about this. When he went home to meet with his buddies that day and told them to go into prayer, he's dead man walking. It says earlier in that scripture that the king, that the people were out killing people. So it wasn't like they, they had like a week to get their affairs together. There was already people that were dying. And he goes home and prays. So there Dan, Daniel goes to this guy named Arioch, who the king had appointed to destroy the wise men. And he went and said thus to him, do not destroy the wise men, take me to the king. Do you know who Arioch is? He was the number one hitman of the day. He's the king of the, he's the number one person that, that, that Nebuchadnezzar put in charge of killing all the people that were underneath this decree. So it's not like he went to like some guy way down, some flunky way down the road and said, hey, can you help me out? He went to the source. He went to the guy with the bloody sword and said, I, gotta have, I need to talk to you. I got a word for the king. So somewhere along the line, Daniel must have had some favor with these people because the guy's like, I want to hear it. Just go back to when he stayed there and he didn't eat the food of the king. And he stuck with that diet and he says, I'm not going to defile myself because I have purpose in my heart. Daniel had already set up his mind. And you know, Daniel didn't set up his mind when he got into Babylon. He had set up his mind before he got taken as a young man. Purposed in his heart. So anyway, he takes him to the king, this, this Ariat guy, and he, uh, he says, are you, and then, and then in, in verse 26, he says to Daniel, are you able to make known to me the dream which I have seen and its interpretation? Same thing he asked the other guys twice, right? But what does Daniel do? He tells him the dream and the interpretation. But he doesn't tell him because he's better than anyone else. He says this in verse 28. But there is a God in heaven who reveals secrets. He says, I cannot reveal this to you. Nobody can, just like those guys professed. There's not one person that can reveal this to you. It's impossible. But he says, but there's a God in heaven who reveals secrets. Really? Let's hear about this. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jim. He reveals secrets about everything. If he spoke to Daniel, he's going to speak to you. And I think what Daniel's revelation was back there of who God was, was a growing revelation from Adam. And as you see the prophets and all these people lining up over the years, the revelation grew and it grew and it grew. And then we get filled with the, with the Holy Spirit, and we're given so much revelation. Our revelation is way bigger than the rest of these guys, I believe, because we have God living on the inside of us. But just look how amazing Daniel was. But there is a God in heaven reveals secrets. He's like, he didn't say, you know what? If you get me out of this, can you spare me and my four, three buddies? He doesn't cut a deal. He just says, I'm going with God. I'm going with God. He's going to tell you what's going on here. And as we read on in, 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 the, in the book of Daniel down the road, it's important to know what's going on here. You know? And so, but for me, this secret has not been revealed to me. I'm in verse 30 because I have, he says, this hasn't been revealed to me because I have more wisdom. He says, basically, it's been real, given me this interpretation and this dream because God gave it to me. The great revealer. And I, I, Daniel's probably thinking, 
Why isn't more people like this? You know, we all have the same God, but they're choosing to compromise what they believe. They're going with a different way of life. They're going with other gods. And what this just speaks to me is what I talked about at the very beginning. Confidence, boldness, take a stand, don't compromise. Just brag about your God. Well, my God, but God, all those things. We don't brag on God enough. We brag about what God has done in our lives, which is great. Testimonies are awesome. Had a great testimony last week. I'm sorry I missed it. But let's brag on on God. That's what Daniel did. As he goes on and he interprets the dream and he tells him, and and then for me that's another sermon. I'm not going to get into that. But there's a key verse in, in, in verse 44 there. It says, And in the days of these kings, the God of heaven will set up a kingdom which shall not never be destroyed. And as you see, Daniel is a book of prophecy. He's prophesying, you know, he's telling the king, this is what's going to happen now. But hey, later, way down the road, it's going to be his Messiah's coming. He's going to save everybody. He's not just going to save you when you have a meltdown, king. He's going to give everybody the opportunity to be saved once and for all. And he says, great, the great God has made known to me this. Is this these are all things that Daniel's saying. And then what happens? Nebuchadnezzar, the king, falls on his face, prostrate before Daniel. Is he bowing to Daniel? Yeah. But he's bowing to God. He's saying, your God has done this. That's, that's incredible. That's amazing. Truly your God, it says in verse 47, is the God of gods, the Lord of kings, and the revealer of secrets, since you could reveal the secret. Then what happens? He promotes Daniel. Daniel gets another promotion. This is how it works, people. Even in your life, in your life, stand with God; He will promote you. Don't come in looking for promotion in everywhere, and then when things and you do things your own way, and promotion doesn't come, that you get angry and bitter. You stick with God. Be faithful, and He promotes you. In your life, He will put you above the rest in the world. We got teachers here. And I know the teachers that, 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 are, that are in this, this church. And I see the influence that they have on kids in our community. My, my, my daughter-in-law's favorite teacher is Mr. Godfrey. He's, how old is Jenna, 29? That's because of his stand for God and his godly influence in the community. That's just one example. Stand for God and he'll promote you. There might be some naysayers. There might be a little flack once in a while, but if you're firm and you stand and you don't compromise, nothing can stand against you. The gates of hell cannot prevail against a man or woman who stands for God. I'm running out of time. Tell the second service for cancer. We're going long here today. (laughs) So they get promoted because of their loyalty to God. Two other stories. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in the fiery furnace, right? Makes his decree, builds this statue of gold and says, come around, we're all going to bow down to it when the music plays. And these, two guys, and these three guys say, yeah, we're not up for that. We're not going to do that. That's not us. And, and what, was the, what was to happen to him is if he didn't bow down, whenever the music played, instantly, you were throwing the fiery furnace, right? So Nebuchadnezzar flew into a rage, 
heated the oven up seven times hotter than normal. And he says, okay, I'm going to play the music. I'm going to bow down. And I love what they say. He said, oh, Nebuchadnezzar, we have no need to answer you in this matter. We don't answer to you. Okay. Well, in that case, our God, whom we serve, is able to deliver us from this burning furnace. And if he doesn't deliver to us, oh, well, we're still not going to bow down to you. Anyone ever done that? Everyone been that brave? I don't think anyone here has ever been faced with being burnt in a furnace on purpose. Right? And so he says, then he's really mad. He cranks it up seven times. And I, and I love detail in the Bible because the detail in the Bible says, then these men were bound in their coats, their trousers, their turbans, and their garments and were cast in the midst of the furnace. Why is that important? It just seems like details. But those are all things that would just burn instantly, wouldn't they? Those are, those are going to catch fire before their skin catches fire and, and melts them. And even the people that Nebuchadnezzar used to throw them into the furnace, they burnt up too. And so they're in the furnace, and Nebuchadnezzar's got his little perch series like, I'm going to watch these guys fry. But what happens is he looks and says, did we not cast three guys in there? And they answered, oh, true, O king. You know, they're these, these cocky guys that had set these guys up. And he says, look, I see four men loose, walking in the midst of the fire, and they're not hurt. And the form of the fourth is like the Son of God. Whoa. They're loose. They're walking around. <laughs> I'd be like, get me out of here. You know? But according to, this, according to this furnace, they shouldn't even have made it inside the door. They shouldn't have burnt up. They're walking around. And the fourth is like the Son of Man. Some say it's Jesus in there. Some say it was an angel. It's God. It's all and or above, whatever you want to do it, et cetera, et cetera. He is in there with them. It's kind of amazing how you think of four people like Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, four guys that stuck together. It reminds me of the story in the New Testament where the, the four guys need to see Jesus because they got their buddy who's, who's sick. And they come to the big crowd, and what do they do? They're like, it's too busy, we'll come back tomorrow. They crawl on a roof, cut a hole in the roof, and they drop their buddy down. Those are the type of friends you need. You don't need friends that say, ah, that's stupid. Oh, let's go and do this. You know, this message was preached to junior high kids a couple weeks ago. It's for you and me. Because we do the same silly, dumb things that junior high kids do that compromise our lives, and then we end up wondering, how did we get like this? We can learn a lot from a seventh grade girl. Believe me, I was spent the whole weekend with them. There's a lot you can learn from a seventh grade girl. Most of it I've just blocked out, but... So you can learn a lot from a simple story of Daniel. It's a simple story. It's just a story of a man who said, I'm going to stand with God. And he invited three friends to be a part of his fellowship. And then they had to stand out on their own. It's a good story of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. The first few times David, Daniel stood in the gap for him, right? That's good. I got people here in this church, Jeff, Jason, Jim, Janie, Cassie, Mary, People who stand in the gap for me. They pray for me. They lift me up. But I have to go out and do it myself too. And that's what Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego had to do. They had to step up to the plate on their own. You can't be still sitting here on your wife or your husband's salvation thinking that's good enough. Or your mom's or your dad's salvation, that's good enough. You've got to step up to the plate yourself and you have to become that born-again person. 
And when they got out of the fire, you know, it's great because Nebuchadnezzar says, he looks, it says he looks down on the furnace and says, Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego, Abednego, come here. Come out. And what's wrong with them? Nothing. No burns, no smell, nothing. They were completely clean. They were justified, just as if they'd never been in the fire. Kind of like when you're in the New Testament and you look about being born again and how Jesus looks at you in your sin and your, and your filth. You're justified, just as if you've never sinned. That's how he looks at you. Doesn't mean we stay there. No, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, come on out. Now we're good. They came out. They came out from the one thing that could kill them. And that's what you need to do as, as a believer. You realize that you are justified in the sight of God and you need to come out from that life that's keeping you down. Come out. Stop compromising. I guarantee if you went home and wrote a list, which I'm not telling you to do because there's no point going back to yesteryear, but if you wrote down the times you compromised and why you're in this predicament. I've done it in the past financially. I want to do this, 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 and this. And then I realized, Cassie and I realized, well, gee, how did we get in this predicament? Well, let's look at our checkbook. Oh, we spent all this money over on these things. That happens with everybody. But if you take part of, your, of, of what God has given you and you put that over here and you say, I'm going to work with the rest of my checkbook over here, you're never going to compromise on, on what God's given you. And God will bless that. God will bless what you give him. And the last story is, is Daniel the lion's den. I might just pass on that one today because it's already 10 after 12. Go home and read it. It's 12 after 10. <laughs> For some people here probably thinking, yeah, it feels like it's after 12. You need to get saved. <laughs> My point of this whole thing is the man Daniel, no waiver, no compromise. None. I want that life. I want someone to look at me and say, that Mark, he didn't compromise. I'm still working on it. Paul said we should shoot for perfection. I got to believe that there's perfection out there. And if I never reach it, I'm shooting for it. And when I trip and fall down and I'm compromising, I want to know that I got people here, starting with my wife and other people, that say, you know what? You're missing it. But don't get stuck there. This is who God says you are. And point me back to who I am. So if you're in the midst of compromise right now, turn. Turn to God, just like Daniel did. He was told to do these things. And he had death sentence after death sentence over his head. And he chose to stand with God. And God gave him favor and stature. He was up for the number one job in the land. That's why he ended up going to the lion's den. He's like, that Daniel? Why don't I just put him in charge? And jealousy led to him being tri the trick the king. And what happens, he says, he says, for 30 days, if anyone says anything about another god... They're going to lion's den. And Daniel went home, went to his upper room, opened up the windows so everybody could see, bowed down and prayed. And these guys came, the guy, the, his accusers came and found him there in the one thing that could get him killed, his dedication to God. They had nothing on the guy. 
So they used his dedication to God. And because of his, God, his dedication to God, God flipped the story around. And he went in there, and God put an angel over the lion's mouth. And then after he got out there, the king, Darius, says, your God is the God. Your God's the man, he said. And he says, and if anyone says anything bad about this guy's God, dead. And he took all those accusers and they threw them in the pit. And before they hit the ground, they were snapped up. Read it. Men, women, and children, too. Isn't that awesome? It's just like, people think the Bible's boring. That's some good stuff there. All right? So be bold. Be courageous. Stand firm. Don't waver. The word of God, it says in Isaiah 55, 11, does not return void. It goes forth and it lands in the thing that you are in. And it'll perform and it'll produce what God says it will do. The word of God is true. It's for you. And it's something that we need to be in every single minute of the day. And the reason why I mean that is because if you're doing a job and you're doing anything, no matter what it is, you need to understand what God's word says about a situation so then you don't compromise on making bad decision plans. Amen? If you need prayer today, I'll invite the worship team up. Plenty of people here that want to pray. I guess my prayer hope for some of you today is if you feel like that you want to just repent and go that direction back towards God, he's not mad at you. That's the whole great thing about God. He's never been mad at you. He overjoys when people come to salvation, and I believe he overjoys when people turn back to him. He wants to have a relationship with you. And if you're a born-again Christian, and you feel like you've gone off the, off the deep end, and you've created a bunch of junk in your life, he still has that relationship with you. You're the one that's just pushed him away. Turn and head back in his direction. He'll meet you right where you're at. Amen? All right, Father God, we thank you so much for your great word. Father, we thank you that there's no compromise in us. Father, we thank you that there's no waver in us. Father, thank you that as we seek you and we stand for your name, that you will protect us even in our Babylon. You will set us free even in the wilderness. And you will set us above and apart and beyond all of our own expectations. And people will notice us. And we will have favor not only with God, we'll have favor with man, and we'll have favor with those people who don't even understand us. So, Father God, we just pray and thank you, and we lift you up, and we praise you for all the great and glorious things you've done in our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening. For more information about Praise Community Church, including gathering times and events, please visit us at praisecc.org.